Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, last weekend in the US, the ancient order of Hibernians had a vote to decide on whether or not to allow women to join. The motion was defeated, though interestingly, the idea was also opposed by another organisation, the Ladies' Ancient Order of Hibernians. Danny J. O'Connell is president of the still male only AOH. Danny, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Uh, So why did you vote against having women in? Well, I think a lot of it had to deal with exactly what you covered there. The uh, Ladies' Ancient Order Hibernians and many of our family members are a member of that, thought that it would um, hinder their advancement. And uh, we work on uh, many issues together. As a matter of fact, we convention together. We're in the same hotel. We have joint events throughout the uh, weekend. And, and I think our guys that were brought it up were more from the rural parts of the uh, country, Uh, When you're in New York, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, we have a tremendous uh, number of ladies, uh, ancient or Hibernians, which all came out of the same organization. And when you have an organization that started in 1836 and uh, the ladies joined us in 1894 as an auxiliary. And I think this is just uh, another step in our uh, in in our, you know, for our future. We we got a conversation going and. you know, who knows what will happen down the road. Right. Okay. So do you think it might change in time? I think in time, you know, they, they um, and it was interesting to me that the, um, I, I personally don't think it would have hurt the ladies ancient or Hibernians, although we're very similar. We have some differences and uh, I work at a uh, university, a state university. I've been, you know, I see things a little different than some, um, but I think eventually down the road, just to, in order to um, remain in existence, that we're going to see um, some sort of uh, combination of the organizations. Um, the Really, the separation was due to tax status. They went into a, a more stringent tax uh, status uh, where if you donate to them, you get a tax deduction here in the United States where we're more focused on lobbying Congress and you know, on what we consider Irish issues such as immigration. So we would never go to that tax status because we don't want to lose our rights to be able to lobby. Right. So is that what the, the AOH is? You're a lobby group at this point? No, we're not. Uh, you know, we kind of cover everything. We we actually formed uh, when we, we had a big influx of immigrants to the United States during the famine, which we don't call the famine. We refer to it as a great hunger because we know it was an artificial famine, and it was an immigrant group to protect uh, the Irish coming into the shores, you know, protect each other. As a matter of fact, when we first uh, began in 1836, you could not be a member unless you were Irish-born. Obviously, uh, as soon as the Irish started coming in in great numbers during those times, there were a lot of Irish Americans. Mm. And so that was, you know, really probably the first membership change uh, that our organization had was to open to um, Irish Americans. And so we were to protect each other, protect the clergy, that type of thing. Today, um, you know, with 23andMe and Ancestry.com, there's that everyone has a love for tracing their heritage and so forth. So we, we still have that. Um, we have an Irish night, uh, but at the same point, 
We work on what we consider um, important Irish issues. We're working right now on trying to get the E3 visa approved here in the United States. And um, we're also working on trying to get it a little bit easier for uh, older Americans who would like to spend more time than they're allowed in Ireland during retirement to go to Ireland. So that's a major issue. Mm. We're working on the Brexit issues, uh, the amnesty issues. We're we're opposing the uh, UK amnesty bill and we're trying to tell the United States that if uh, if the uh, British government can't honor the agreements that they create, how can we trust them and enter into any future agreement with that government? And that would obviously be the Good Friday Agreement, which the amnesty bill flies in the face of. And um, we can't, you know, we can't speak, we don't speak for the Irish, but as Irish Americans would say, we can't enter into any agreement with a country that can't honor the agreements they come up with, the protocol. Mm. Yeah. You know, Ireland didn't come up with the protocol. The, the North didn't come up with the protocol. The UK didn't. You know, and now all of a sudden they want to change it. They say it's not fair. Well, they should yeah. have thought about that before they came up with well, it. Well, so, it's, it's a well-ventilated issue uh, in this country, as you can imagine. Absolutely. Uh, Danny. Absolutely. Uh, the, uh, in, in the, the amount of Irish Americans or people who would identify as Irish Americans in the U.S., has that gone down? Because, you know, you'd, you know <clears throat> in New York you'd have Chinatown or, you know, ethnic groups tend to huddle together. You don't hear about Irish areas. Even Boston seems to be far less Irish than it used to be. You know, um, some places it is and some places it isn't. You could go to uh, areas in Philadelphia. We have uh, three uh, Hibernian groups, AOH and LAOH, together that have halls, social halls. And they're all about four blocks away from each other. And between uh, the whole group of them, there's, you know, uh, probably 1,500 members. So it's still there's still some very Irish areas. But it's like anything else. Our country uh, is the melting pot, and uh, I think we spread out. But the thing Ireland does, the Irish do, that's different than any other country in the United States, is that you know that you don't hear people talking about British Americans. You hear them talking about Irish Americans, and mm. uh, I think we're similar. You see that with some organ, like in my area, we have a lot of. Uh, uh, we have some Slovenian organizations and that type of thing. But I think um, it's you still have that tie to your ethnicity, although you may have assimilated and your town may have assimilated. Um, it was probably more important in uh, the 1800s. But really, we haven't had an uh, influx of, uh, of uh, immigrants from Ireland um, any, of any significance with some few one-offs since uh, the major immigration change in the United States in uh, yeah in the 1960s. Mm. And that's something that we want to open up, not just for our, you know, it's that love for your where your heritage comes from. And, and Ireland is uh, something, uh, the people who have roots in Ireland, it, it's different than any other organization. I mean, my I have uh, Irish roots, but I also have Slovenian roots. Yeah. And although we had that group of Slovenian clubs and so forth that my mom's family was always involved in the irish have something special that nobody else has and you know it was so special that's why we have the uh shamrock 
uh, presentation at St. Patrick's Day. You know, we we talk about Ireland as being a yes, country indeed. that fights. Danny, I'm way. afraid I'm afraid we're out of time there. Uh, but thanks very much for uh, speaking with us today. Well, uh, thank you. That was uh, Danny J O'Connell, there, president of the Ancient Order of Hibernians. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.